Hey, mamas and friends, welcome back to the Didn't I Tell You podcast, a suggestions podcast for moms with me, your sister friend and fellow mom, Shar. Today's episode is all about community and helping us to get back to a place where we actually allow the village to help us rear our children. Did I did I tell you Welcome back everyone to Didn't I Tell You Podcast with me, your sister friend, fellow mom and host Shar. This week, we're going to be talking about that, um, I believe it's an old African proverb or maybe even a Native American proverb that says, it takes a village to raise a child. And so I want to start with our by the book segment, which is the segment where I share the research, what the smart people say about a topic to educate us in a space that maybe we're not too familiar. And so this week's By the Book is going to be about what are called ACEs or Adverse Childhood Experiences. So I was reading this article entitled Raising Healthy Children is a Community Effort. It is uh, on smartstart.org written by NCPC board member and uh, pediatrician Khadijah Tribley Reed. And in the article, I saw the term ACE. I had never heard of this term, ACEs. So, of course, I went to do a little bit of research to find out Exactly. What is an ACE? And on the Iowa State University Digital Press Parenting and Family Diversity Issues section, there's an explanation and it reads, the term adverse childhood experiences or ACEs is defined as a traumatic experience that happens to someone before the age of 18 years that the person recalls as an adult. ACEs can include sexual, psychological, or physical abuse. ACEs have been linked to premature death and various health conditions and risks. Several studies have shown that ACEs are associated with health-related risk factors such as substance abuse, risky sexual behavior, obesity, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and diabetes. Having multiple ACEs is an important risk factor for several unfavorable health conditions, including early death. The research suggests that the impact of these adverse experiences in childhood on adult health status is strong and cumulative. Best practice recommendations for preventing ACEs entail reducing child abuse and neglect by strengthening economic supports to families, supporting parents via education about positive parenting techniques, providing high-quality care and education immediately following a child's birth, 
improving parenting skills to enhance healthy child development and well-being, and providing early interventions to reduce adverse effects to prevent future risks. There's a digital ACE test that is on the Stop Abuse Campaign website that I found during this research that will allow you to discover your adverse childhood experiences, score. There are 10 really short questions. You answer them uh, with yes or no responses, and then it gives you a score. And there's also information about what that score means. This is simply a tool that I found that will possibly help you understand yourself as an adult um, and how you're showing up as a parent, you know, and as a mom and possibly get you on the road to lowering your child's ACE score to ensure that they do not go through some of the things that you have gone through as an adult. So I hope that this by the book segment has helped you to learn something new that will help you to be a more effective mama. It's time for the What Would You Do segment. And this week in our Didn't I Tell You podcast Facebook group community, I shared a Instagram reel of a little girl whose aunt is a speech therapist. And the little girl is three years old and she has a pacifier addiction. And when the pacifier is taken from her, she just like has a fit And so the question for this week is, what would you do um, if you had this three-year-old child who has this pacifier addiction? Do you A, take away the binky, or B, leave the binky alone? Now, I'm not sure if this would classify as an ace, an adverse childhood experience. But for some kids, this is actually pretty traumatic. So our answers, we've got two responses this week. One coming from Miss Tammy Polk. She says, A, neither of my girls had one, one being a binky, past nine months old. And Tamika Simmons said, A, Take the binky away. So listen, you all can get in on the what would you do question of the week by becoming uh, members of the Didn't I Tell You podcast Facebook group online. And every week the WWYD question is posed. All you have to do is comment with your answer and you too can hear your response here on the Deny Tell You podcast. So thank you ladies for participating this week. I appreciate you. And um, I look forward to hearing what you all have to say about next week's what would you do question.
Now it's time for the Shar Says segment. And this is the time where I share my own thoughts and opinions. Sometimes I give suggestions about a topic that is weighing on my heart, mind, soul. And I always say, chew up the meat and spit out the bone, mama. Take what works for you and spit out the pieces that don't. And this week, I want to talk about community. I want to talk about uh, moms getting to a place where we can get back to allowing other people to help us with the rearing of our children. People beyond you, mama, and even daddy, and venturing out into allowing aunties and uncles and grandparents and beyond family members, allowing teachers and mentors and neighbors even to help us with our children. When I think about those adverse childhood experiences that I talked about at the beginning of this episode um, and the community, it just makes sense that involving community in the rearing of our children can help to reduce the effects of adverse situations in our children's lives. Many of us are single parents. Many of us are, you know, divorced parents or we're co-parenting, right? And we need help. Even those who are in two-parent households, you're still going to need the help of other people when it comes to rearing your children. I remember when my mom was going through her own issues as a single parent and dealing with addiction, there were neighbors who helped us out. I remember a woman who lived next door to us who would make sure that um, we had a, a good meal. She would invite us over to eat, you know, if my mom wasn't home. She would, you know, make sure we got in the house okay. And she would sort of look after us. It wasn't something that my mother asked her to do, but it was something that she saw the need to do. And therefore she did it. And my mother allowed it. I remember a time when I was married and my boys were really small. And one of the twins I believe they had to be, he had to be almost two years old or right at two years old. And we were all at home, um, sick, me and the children, their dad was at work and we were on the couch taking a nap. And when I awakened from the nap, I noticed that one of the boys was, um, making some noises and, I start paying attention. I'm looking at him and then he starts to foam at the mouth. I'm calling 911 now at this point and I'm, you know, I'm frantic and he was having what's called a febrile seizure. So mind you, um, I'm at home with multiple children at this point. One of them is having a seizure. I've never seen this happen before. Don't know what to do. Uh, the ambulance gets there and it's time to take this little one to the hospital. And I, of course, have to ride with them, but I have these other children that are also 
Um, I got a, his twin who's also, uh, you know, at the same age and my other young ones. And, and I believe I had my newborn there as well. Guess what? The, the neighbors came across the street when they saw the ambulance. They knew that I had these small children. And, and while I'm trying to deal with the one that's sick, the neighbors are like, we will, we will stay here with the other little ones and, you know, um, we'll make sure that, you know, um, we're with them until dad gets home. And, and listen, my neighbors took control of a situation where I needed people there with me. I needed people who would who would help me. I needed to be able to trust that my children would be okay with these people while I was in the ambulance with, you know, another child. I needed those people to help me in that moment. And so when you look at your situation today in 2022, you know, you have to ask yourself, would you be willing to allow your neighbors to help you? Do you know your neighbors well enough to allow your neighbors to help you? Right. I was reading a post in one of my Facebook groups. Well, it's not my group, but but it's a group that I'm in. And I saw this post where a young mom was saying she was not going to let the the children's father's sister or the children's auntie um, keep them, uh, babysit them, because she said she had been to the woman's house one time and it was dirty and the lady wears shoes in the house and all this other stuff. And so she was like, she's not letting her children go over there. And I just thought to myself, my goodness, you went to this woman's house one time and in one visit you had determined that her house is too nasty. She's too nasty to let your kids go over. And 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 the idea of someone wearing shoes in the house is a no-go. And in the comments uh under this post, there were other moms who were like I'm just not, you know, I'm just not going to let my children go to people's house who wear shoes in the house. And I just thought to myself, oh my goodness. <laughs> you are so limiting your help. You know what I'm saying? When you get into situations where you need other people's help, things like wearing shoes in the house just become trivial. And I am not, I don't want to minimize anyone's beliefs and cleanliness or anything like that. What I want to do is shed some light on the fact that we all need the help of other people. And sometimes we're going to need them in emergency situations. Sometimes it may not be an emergency, but you may need self-care, mom. You may need a break. In these same groups, I see moms who are talking about how stressed they are and how much they don't have help and they just need some downtime and they just wish someone would, you know, babysit and things of that nature. But at the same time, there are all of these stringent rules that we expect other people to live by in their spaces before we allow them to help with our children. Today, I just want to shed a little bit of light on this and maybe get you to thinking about your community, about your village and about why people don't want to help. Maybe it's time to start thinking about maybe you want to choose your village a little bit more wisely so that you can actually trust the people in it. 
You know, sometimes when we are thinking about where we want to live, our focus is more on the house and what the house looks like and what's included in the house versus what the community is going to be like, where the house is going to be positioned. The The story I just shared about my son uh, having the febrile seizure and, and my neighbors coming in to rally and, and, and help me out we were able to have that type of situation because I knew my neighbors. Our children were the first babies on that street when, when we moved into that house. So those people knew our kids. They knew us. We spoke to them. (laughs) We stood out on the porch and talked to them. You know, they knew us, we knew them, they knew our babies, we knew their, we knew their children, their older children. So it was not even an issue of whether or not I could trust that these people would do right by my kids while I was having to go and take care of another child. So today I want to ask you, do you take time to choose the village wisely and, and what, and what you know, what are your prerequisites? <laughs> Is it whether or not they wear shoes in the house? You know? I mean, if that if that's what you want, I'm not saying that you can't have that. It's just that you're going to be limited on who can help you when you need them to help you. Let the village in to your family, you know? Children need to learn how to react to different people, different people's opinions, different people's lifestyles and situations. If you only want your kids to interact with people who do things exactly how you do things, I believe that we set them up for failure in the future because they're going to have to learn to deal with people who don't think like you, who don't live like you, who don't do things like you. I remember when my husband and I decided we would divorce We had to have a conversation with our children to say, listen, dad does things differently in his new uh, space than than mom does and hers. And so when you go to your dad's, if if there's something that's going on that, that is hurting you physically, sexually, emotionally, psychologically, yes, we'll talk about those things. Come home. Of course, you share those things with mom. But you know what? There are things that your dad's going to do in his house that don't that don't hurt you that mom can't control and you're going to have to learn how to uh, visit your father in his space and learn to live with him in his space and how he does things and then come back home or come back to to mom's home and live how mom lives and do things according to mom's rules. It helps our children to be able to understand that people are different. People live differently and be able to maneuver in different spaces. 
if we only teach our children to respect us and how we do things, then we rear a bunch of disrespectful kids, the children, when they've got to go into other spaces. Not only that, when it's time for you to need someone to help you, people will say no because they understand that you are not open to receiving help the way they are able to help. Today, I'm just shedding some light into a very touchy uh, corner of the room where people just kind of, you know, don't want to deal with. But it's necessary that we start to talk about why people don't want to help us and why we find ourselves in situations where, you know, it's like I'm in this by myself and no one wants to help. Let me encourage you to spend some time in the community in which you live. How in the world can we expect to begin to trust people around our children and embrace um, other people into our own spaces if we don't ever spend any time in the communities in which we live? I mean, ask yourself, when's the last time you participated in a community event that was going on where you live. When's the last time you chose to go to a restaurant that is in your community instead of going out of your community into, you know, um, uh, other, other people's communities, right? How, how many times have you participated in the community yard sale? Right. <laughs> How many times have you gone to the the school's basketball games and things of that nature to actually get an opportunity to meet the people who live around you? These things are important when it comes to choosing your village wisely so that you can begin to trust the people around you to help you when it comes to rearing your children. Mama, I'm not naive. I understand that there are so many reasons why we don't want people to be in our children's lives. And I'm sure all of those reasons are valid. I just want you to know that we need other people. And in order to rear well-rounded children who are able to move with ease within different spaces with with different people and different communities that we are going to need to accept and include the help of those around us. And in order to begin to trust those villagers, we've got to actually be a part of the village and be for other people what we need other people to be for our children. And that is what Shar says for this week. This week's segment of from the Miles of Babes is going to come from one of my four babes, Kevon, who's going to share his thoughts about the village or the community being a part of rearing children. So let's hear from Kevon. Personally, I believe it does take a village to raise a child because whatever the parent likes or like fails to bring or teach the child, 
the village will uh, pick up the slack for that, like, or teach the things that only a village can teach, like, society will teach how to act in society. Uh, an example of this, like, well, here's an analogy. Uh, so, the parent teaches you, like, the rules of the road, da 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 what stop signs you, da da all these different signs. But the village is, like, the road test to get your license. Like, uh, your parents could only do so much, but in the village is like, what, like, I don't know if that makes sense, I don't know if that makes sense, but, yeah, that's, that's just how I view it. Um, an example is, like, how this affected me, like, when I, when I was, uh, lived in Washington State, uh, the, the wrestling club, felt like like my, all the coaches and my wrestling partners and my teammates they would uh they would they felt like I helped grew grew as a person help like be able to interact with people because before that I didn't have much friends but uh meeting them I, I got to like be more you know socially interactive and like more than just with my brothers you know so yeah thank you kevin for sharing your thoughts about the impact of community on our children well everyone we have come to the end of the road today for the did not tell you podcast but i want to wrap us up with our mommy moment and it's a quote from Miriam wright elderman that says it really takes a community to raise children. No matter how much money one has, nobody can do it well alone. And it's the bedrock security of community that we and our children need. Thank you all so much for tuning in today for this episode of the Didn't I Tell You podcast with me, your sister friend, fellow mom and host, Shar, I would love to hear your feedback and your thoughts about whether or not the village is important when rearing our children. I'd also like to hear your stories of the village being important to you. You can send your feedback to my email address, contact at Diddy podcast.com that's contact at d-i-t-y podcast.com you can also follow me on instagram at diddy podcast and please join the didn't i tell you facebook group which is our online community uh, on facebook so until next week you all take care